I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of the consistency of gingerbread, but you could fucking punch your way through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. See ya. Bye. Plus, plus, how can you eat something that's flat? Like, you can't really yeah, get your to, mouth on it. You'd have you? to pick it off and eat it. <laughs> I mean, gingerbread, it's not... It's, it's, it, it, They're going, gin- at, going at it like... Like the lickable wallpaper really wanted, aren't they? Like, <laughs> mm, mm. Um, <laughs> quick, quick, lick it as quick as you can. We will degrade it slowly. Uh, uh. They would have been going at that for hours. That would never have worked. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> next time, throw Harvey through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, would it been devastating? Because it was just a sample. When It wasn't confirmed whether the part of the Wicked Witch's Wall was fully replaced or it was just added on, oh, on the side. Oh, you're saying cladding. Yeah. 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 So, what if they spent ages, you know, in <laughs> immense amount of pain eating this gingerbread drywall? <laughs> there was a wall behind <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> oh, now I've got really bad indigestion. I've got the runs, and I'm gonna be eaten. Oh man! Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three corpulent and cumbersome cads review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil and I am a cumbersome cad and I am your host and guide through this magical journey of nostalgia. But I am not alone, I'm joined by two other equally as cumbersome cads and corpulent, if that means the same thing. Joining me first of all, to the right and in front of me, it's Mr Chris Evans. Hello Chris! Hello, Phil. How are you? I enjoyed introducing you first last time, so I thought, let's see if I get the same stimulating feeling a second time. Are you saying that I stimulate you, Phil? Because if so, we really need to figure out what our relationship is at this moment in time. No, no, it's, it's not you that stimulates me, it's just the idea of spontaneous change stimulates me, so I thought a bit of variety Well, whatever gets happens me going. in your bedroom, I think you need to keep in the bedroom, to be honest <laughs> with you, mate. But enough about me and my... Uh, Strange desire for you. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm even better now that oh, I know you have a strange desire for me. It really is. That's brightened up my week. Excellent. Well, you know? that's. I hope everyone else's uh, Saturday is just as good as yours. <laughs> I'm wanted by someone. Yay! <laughs> I was just hoping uh, someone else that's joining us is uh, is having just as good as a Saturday as we are now. It's my friend to the front and to the left, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. That's right, baby. Best till last main event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, Phil. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Yes, uh, how, how are you feeling on this Saturday? Are you just as, uh, as desired as desired as we are? Uh, yeah, I'm just as uh, corpulent and cumbersome because we've just had some bacon. We have. Oh, we always what? do. That, that's the way we start off our uh, our podcasting uh, Saturday with a nice bacon. We mentioned it on the last one when we were flatulent fellas, weren't yeah, we? And... With bacon on white bread. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there's no there's no better way to um, to line your stomach for the. Um, the podcasting bender that we uh, go on afterwards. So uh... That's very, very true, yeah. Um, so this episode that we reviewed today was episode 16, Sabrina and the Beanstalk. In this episode, uh, well, Sabrina concocts a, uh, or she even she erects a beanstalk in her yard. <laughs> I just realised there's a better word for it. <laughs> so she erects a beanstalk in her yard, and there's a wicked witch in the top, Harvey goes to the top, and she has to rescue a fattened up Harvey. Uh, we said in the last one that we were a bit worried that this one was going to be too silly and a return to 
kind of the norm we've come to uh, see season two for. But did we enjoy this episode nonetheless? It was extremely silly. It was a return to how season two has been. But you know what? With a bit of a break, with a bit of sort of, you know, you know, zipping up our boots and going back to our roots in the last uh, couple of episodes, I didn't mind returning to it, especially since it was handled quite well. I don't think I did enjoy it as much as the previous two, but I think in terms of playing with like a silly concept and sort of fairy tale references and stuff, I thought they did it fairly well. Yeah. Did you enjoy this episode as well, Chris? Yeah, no, it was a good episode. Uh, I, I like the little twist on the whole beanstalk thing. I've got a few comments that really, uh, that griped me somewhat. Okay. But okay. we'll get to that, Phil. We will indeed. That's what you're here for. You're here for a moan and a groan, aren't you? Yeah, this is this is how I get rid of the boo-hoos. So uh, just before we do crack on, like we said, this is, um, uh, mm. it's not the first time they've drawn inspiration from like fairy tale and stories and things. So did we enjoy their uh, their version of uh, a, well, it wasn't really strictly a Jack in the Beanstalk, even though that's what IMDb said the trivia was about. The name is based on that. Well, but they it was lied, kind of a, didn't they? It was a, yeah, bloody lied. But it was a splice between, uh, what, Sabrina and Hansel and Gressel, I, I guess. Yeah, I... Sabrina and Hansel and Gretel. Yes, yes, Sabrina and Hansel and Gretel. We all know it. We all remember that grim fairy tale. Yeah, uh, I guess that's why they didn't go with that title, because Sabrina and Hansel and Gretel doesn't doesn't really go, It does doesn't it? roll off the tongue. No. Also, whilst they are referenced, we don't meet Hansel and Gretel, do we? No. So, uh, I, I, and as well, if it was called Sabrina and Harvey, doesn't really give anything away, does it? Well, no, I, if it was called Sabrina and Harvey, I'd expect some form of, like, dating to happen. Yeah, it sounds like a nice tender episode about their relationship, which this definitely is not. <laughs> it's definitely not a typical day in the life of uh, our favourite uh, couple. So Yeah, uh, it's not a tender love story, more like a tender sort of recipe. Uh, uh, yeah. Tender loin, I think. Excellent. So boys, are we ready to, uh, to tuck into this latest episode? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm hungry. Excellent. It's hungry for some magic. So the episode opens with Salem replenishing his fluids before his exercise regime, or rather drinking before he starts it. And Zelda comes in with a remarkable Daft Punk costume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make that connection, but yes, it is a Daft Punk costume. It's yeah. a bedazzled uh, motorcycle helmet yes. with... Uh, spectacles on the front of it. Yeah, so it's yeah, got jewels and glasses and sparkles. But no, it's not a Daft Punk cosplay. It's in fact a... Um, well, she says it's a portable x-ray machine. Yeah. Which is a little... I don't know whether to be amazed by it or creeped out by it because it is portable x-ray machine, which is fantastic. But you can just put it on and x-ray whatever you want and, on the go. And... From my recollection, stop me if I'm wrong, but the only time that I've ever seen an x-ray happen was when my brother cracked his head open. And the literally, we were taken into a separate room that was basically like a lead shield <laughs> yes. while, uh, while my brother was being x-rayed. So if you found a portable, if you've created a portable x-ray helmet... What about the fucking radiation? That's, How are you protected from that? That is killing everyone's sperm around you. She, <laughs> like, she, they they will all, you know, Sabrina and Hilda and Zelda. They all have no sperm after all this is done. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So you're wear, so if you're wearing this portable X-ray machine, yeah, that is emitting some immense radiation to people who didn't ask for it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how X-rays work, but I'm assuming. It can't be healthy. No. <laughs> Unless Zelda has perfected radiation-free x-rays with her magic, in which case, if she wants the Nobel Prize... Oh, God, yeah. Right there. Yeah. Um, and also, there are things like, obviously, like, you know, airport scanners and things which are able to sort of see through, like, the layers of your clothing 
And I'm fairly sure they don't give off radiation. And famously, airport staff don't bear any children. So that's... Uh, oh, yeah, of course. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Famously. That's, that's how we're calling the population. <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, yeah, so this portable x-ray machine, and uh, Sabrina puts it on because she wants to look inside Salem's stomach because all the cereal's gone. And it turns out that uh, he's eating the whole box of cereal and a tiny man. Who was, she says, the prize. Yes. They're not prizes, are they? No. The free toys that come in cereals, because generally speaking, they come in every edition of the cereal. So everybody wins. Therefore, it's not a prize. Unless it was a prize, in which case, what a shit prize. (laughs) Just a tiny man inside a cat. You know, every hundredth box will get a tiny man. (laughs) It's not great, is it? No. No. Uh, I mean, as well, like, obviously, a prize, you say, well, the prize is the fact I'm having my cereal and I get a nice little toy, but you've bought that box of cereal, so you've just bought a toy. It's it's not a prize. No. And it probably says includes tiny man on the box as well. Specifically. There was a picture of the tiny man. The tiny man. But the the issue I'm raising here is... um, that I am aware that Kinder Surprises, so we know a Kinder Surprise, it's a chocolate egg and you get a toy in, in the centre of it, yes. right? Chocolate may be a bit stronger word. Yeah. But, uh, okay. It, it, brown brown coloured shell. <laughs> yeah. A brown yeah. coloured shell. With a white inside with, with a capsule which has a toy in it, right? Now, I am very aware, just by happenstance, I read an article, that um, Kinder Surprises are actually banned in America because... They were worried that people would consume the capsule with the little toy inside. Yes. So, why the fuck are they putting toys in cereal if they're worried about a Kinder Surprise egg being being consumed whole? Because in a Kinder Surprise, the taste of the chocolate is indistinguishable from the <laughs> taste of the plastic egg inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we get we get the point that Salem has eaten the uh, the air quotes prize from the cereal. Therefore, shouldn't all prizes be removed from everything in America if they've done it with Kinder Surprises. Maybe they were as a result of Salem. Maybe. Either way, we know where that little man came out, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. yes. Ooh, the same baby. place the thermometer went in. <laughs> so the title's roll, and Chris's ears pricked up because, well, Sabrina asked, did, it, did someone order a scotch? I, I fucking love scotch. <laughs> she, um, I love whiskey. And in fairness, she was dressed what can only be described as a, a yellow Scots lady. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a yellow Scots lady. Yeah, um, yeah, usual sort of, you know, sort of the, the, the hat and the... the, the, uh, the, the what, is, it, is it a kilt? I don't know if it's a kilt if a lady wears it, but or anyway. Or is it just a skirt? A tartan plaid uh, dress. But it's yeah, it's like yellow and black. Maybe that is the Spellman family tartan. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I mean, we know that Mr. Poole had some Scottish heritage. He did. Um, maybe maybe the Spellmans do, and maybe they have their own sort of emblem and, well, and crest. Hilda and Zelda have spent time in the United Kingdom. They we have. That. So, mm. yeah, it's quite possible. Yeah, we, we saw Adventures of Zelda anyway in Wales, so maybe, did, yeah. she, maybe yeah. she went forth to, uh, to Scotland. We return to the living room where Hilda is perving on the mailman, checking out all of his packages. A... Of course, we see her X-ray uh, vision through yes. the, uh, the helmet. Possibly there are levels of penetration. <laughs> you could uh, you could um, activate through this device because yeah. you know we're able to look you know into Salem Salem's very insides to find yes. out he's eaten the man. And here, obviously, because 
kids show. We don't want to see some old man's todge, we do we? We don't see some old man's todge, um, and certainly uh, the people at Nickelodeon don't want to see some old man's todge. So um, she's literally just looking at him in his boxes and his vest. Yeah, so, I mean, she just said, oh, I'm just perving at the mailman, but, she, I mean, she is perving, she's looking in his underwear, but, yeah, Hilda, I would have thought, would have turned it so intense as she could see what his, his um, sort of, his insides, make, see if she could make use of them. Yeah. You know, um, you know, because she is a butcher. I think if they would look good on the floor of her dungeon. Yes, I'm also glad that it was just a random extra and we didn't see the return of uh, Dirk, the oh, mailman. Oh, Dirk, yeah, of course. Um, Hopefully, restraining order was filed there. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that yeah, was the he, end of that. He beat up the, a UPS man, didn't he? Well, last, probably last in prison. Heard, yeah, he, probably in prison. Yeah, he, he did go a bit postal. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, he did. He did. Yeah, but going back to the whole X-ray thing and radiation, can that mailman now have kids? We don't know. Maybe not. I mean, because, maybe she was... was focused on the boxer region. She was yeah. specifically because she went. I didn't take him for a boxer, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was potentially firing radiation directly at his genitals, <laughs> which is the sort of thing Hilda would do. Oh, God, yeah. It's <laughs> the least that she'll do. So the doorbell goes, and it's Harvey, who's come round to work on their social studies project, coming up with a new transportation vehicle for Westbridge. Monorail, 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 monorail. monorail. We'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah. um, so naturally, they don't get anything done, and we're treated to a really funk rock time-lapse montage, where they pillow fight, they do some gardening, and Harvey, to our surprise, braids Sabrina's hair. Those plants were dead, man. There was no <laughs> gardening there. That was just putting water on the dead. <laughs> yeah. I like the um, broad range of musical genres that are being uh, covered in our montages this season. Yeah, especially in recent episodes. I mean, uh, Witch Trash, uh, you know, like Hillbilly sort of dueling banjos. Yes. Music. Um, that was the only one that was pop relevant. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you say that. I think... I think the uh, sort of tool influenced uh, heavy rock that was in uh, oh, Five Pieces of Libby that that encapsulated what Jigsaw Building is all about oh definitely um, yeah now we get some funk rock um, where they're carrying out not really funky things not really no um, no it was trying to give it a feeling of being funky when it wasn't funky no but uh, time did certainly pass while it was doing it. Uh, Hilda and Zelda are annoyed that Sabrina procrastinated too much because she didn't get any of her work done. So Hilda suggests magical jumping beans as they'll make her really hop to it. A. A. They haven't got enough ingredients, so Sabrina must go shopping at the uh, the Piggly Wiggly shop, we learn. And uh, Salem says he doesn't want to go there because uh, they, they don't have much decorum and, and they... The the sneeze guard that they've got over the slop tray. Yeah, the, the isn't pig, enough. Pigs aren't aren't very good at customer service. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> they also shortchange. Yes. But, but my my interesting thing about this was, pigs are in the other realm, um, and I've got in my head that they're stood up on two legs. Oh yeah. And they're like humanoid pigs. I imagine they're like the guards in Jabba's palace. Those those. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just 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 the idea of animals in the other realm being more human than humans. Well, we saw obviously Richard Langston. Oh, yeah, of course, episode, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe the pigs in there are literally just pigs that can just yeah. speak. I want to meet them at some point. Oh, I would yeah. love to. Yeah. What, what personally, or just via the TV show? <laughs> personally, <laughs> personally. <laughs> but, but and you can make it happen if you visit our Kickstarter page. Get Graham face to face with these <laughs> magical pigs, please. <laughs> but here's a question for you: 
if those pigs came to the mortal realm, what would they think about the pigs that we have here? I think they'd think they were um, sellouts. They were tomming for Abe, I think that's what they would think. Yeah. So Sabrina is just about to go to the Piggly Wiggly shop, however Valerie is on the phone. So she talks to her for so long, and the shop happens to now be closed. So naturally, she'll just use different ingredients. Mate, you've missed out a vital plot point there. What was that? The f- what they were talking about. And it, very vital, I believe, and something that everyone should follow. Yes, it's please, like, please do remind. Yeah, it's uh, if you are to use shampoo and conditioner, yeah, on your hair, mm-hmm. you might be saving time, but losing body. And anyone out there who wants some wonderful, luscious hair, I would always recommend shampoo and then conditioner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you leave that conditioner in for a long enough period of time to really achieve a glossy full-bodied head of hair. Mm. And Chris, you're worth it. I know. So the beans are made, but they don't seem to work. She, what, so you just hold them in a hand and start jumping up and down and... Yeah, shake them. Yeah. Shake them. Shake yeah, them around and they'll work. Sh- shake that bean. So she throws them out and because they uh, they sort of get stuck to her hand and she's like, oh, throw them out. These are gross. So she puts them in the bin and then just leaves the bin in the yard. The bin, by the way. <laughs> no, not the bin bag. <laughs> and she doesn't put the bin bag in a larger bin, an outdoor bin, the kind you put at the end of your drive for the, the bin men or the, the, the trash men. Um, yeah, garbage. Garbage men. Oh, the garbage men. Oh, yes. Not the trash men, obviously famous for their uh, 1960s hit <laughs> Surfing Bird. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. For, <laughs> for the garbage man. Yeah, you put it in the outside bin, it gets cut to bed. Then she puts her actual bin from her kitchen and just leaves it in the yard but no this is the thing they must go through so many bins (laughs) (laughs) yeah because she goes I should really put this on the curb I'll just leave it here no you shouldn't put it on the curb but this is is you won't say it again magical thing about it it's just like not only does she take the entire bin not just the bin bag but then she actually leaves the house and goes nah I'll do it tomorrow it's like Fucking hell! I mean, I don't know what Boston's like for rodents or bears or raccoons and stuff, but fuck me, like, just leaving an open bin out in your yard, there is going to be some critters in there come morning. And also, even if you did, you know, do take the extra two steps to the end of your drive, one of two things are going to happen. One, they'll take your bin and you need to buy another. Yeah. Two, because it's not the right bin, they just leave it. <laughs> or three, they pick up the bin knock on your door and go what the fuck are you doing <laughs> sort your fucking life out and then just like a pail of water throw the trash at them yeah. they'd have every right to Phil oh every absolutely right. two right man two right <laughs> oh gross um, so yeah she throws the beans out in the yard and just before she heads in she sees Salem who is incredibly still I thought the animatronic had sort of broken but no he's having a staring contest with the cat across the street when cats lock eyes as, as, as Chris will know as a cat owner it's a very very intense moment there's seemingly maybe a bit of a Vulcan mind meld going on mm. or something and they make the craziest noises as well to taunt each other you know like the closest you know, aside from Salem, the closest you get to a cat talking is how they react when they're staring at other cats. And, mate, it is a fucking sight to be seen. Yes. <laughs> it is brilliant. Uh, I, I won't try and recreate the noises because it will just be horrendous, but some of the noises that cats come out with when they lock eyes with another cat just before, they, it's sort of like that moment of sizing one another up. Yeah. And, and just this sort of vibratory, hissing, spitting... 
meowing sort of horrendousness comes out. And then when they go for the attack, fucking hell, it sounds like two foxes humping in the back garden. Okay, oh, sorry, I'm just going to have to interrupt you. I'm getting something through my ear. Um, yes, they would like to hear your impression of a cat staring at another cat. That's, how, that's, that's our producer, um, <laughs> Colin. Um, he, he'd so like to hear it. Col, Col, what Colin says, Colin gets. So, uh, so. I fucking hate Colin now. <laughs> so Fuck cr- you, Colin. <laughs> Colin's the reason why we're here. And we, and we, and we, we never give him a shout-out on air, so... Uh, <laughs> be a bit yeah. more grateful. Colin says when you're ready. <laughs> fucking dicks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's quite accurate. Actually. Thank you. Yeah, good. And obviously, that clip we're using for any future podcast awards. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next morning, and an earthquake occurs, or so they think. It's in fact a giant beanstalk that sprouted from the ground. Hilda and Zelda try to hide the 300-foot plant by creating fog by making the sound of a foghorn. And I'm just getting through my ear. Colin would like to see Chris if you can recreate the foghorn, seeing you're so good at voices. <laughs> it was like the foghorn was in the room with us. <laughs> We've got our own Les Dennis to do with yeah. our sound effects. <laughs> Don't compare me to fucking Les Dennis! No one is on the level with Les Dennis, but Chris is close. <laughs> Chris um, is... Uh, so the foghorn blaze, and that's uh, how the, uh, the, the sort of uh, make fog appear in all yes. Westbridge. And it made me think, is that when fog occurs, is fog a, a natural thing that they can just create, or is it a magical thing that only witches can... Well, no, make. mate. We, 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 they, they change the weather. We can have a lightning storm. Yep. It can be snowy. It can be icy, etc., etc. So why can't they have a bit of fog? And quick question: What's the difference between mist and fog? Mist. Wait a second. One of them is clouds being too close to the ground, and the other isn't. <laughs> um, no, no. Genuinely, the only difference between mist and fog is visibility. Mm. Oh, that's it. That's oh. how it's characterised. So they're both clouds being too close to the ground. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. That's uh, so. If you weren't sure about the differences between mist and fog, and you've got some some midterm exams coming up soon, well, now you can you can complete them. Yeah. Visibility. Yeah. Thank us later. So there we go. So Zelda tells Sabine that they must do something about the beanstalk quickly, so they don't piss off the giant. Because apparently, every beanstalk leads to a bad neighbourhood. Sabina suggests a tree trimmer, but they all laugh in her face. The Spellmans need someone to go up and stand guards, and naturally it's Salem, even against his wishes, because he says he's afraid of heights, which is silly for a cat. Yes. One gripe about the beanstalk, if you if you wouldn't mind. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it just fucking materialised. There was no, like, slow growing overnight. It was just beanstalk. All it needed is just before they went to bed, just a shot of the bin with branches coming out of it. Oh, yeah, no, two I, seconds. Yeah, it's right. like a dun dun dun. Yeah, thing. <laughs> that, that would have been quite good actually. Yeah, and then a raccoon kept in. <laughs> pulls it out. A raccoon came in, and a raccoon comes in, and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, the giant turns out to be a giant raccoon. That's, oh, that's what. Oh, I, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's that's what I wanted. Yeah. It, as it turns out, we don't meet the giant at all. No, or a giant raccoon for no. that reason. Shame. 
Uh, it seems that this can't just be chopped down, but before they can think of a plan, Salem cries that he would like a sandwich and that Harvey is here at the door. They're about to start working on their project, but first they must eat. However, Harvey claims that he's had three chilli dogs for breakfast. Now, we're the last people to say that that's not a healthy way to start your day, oh, no, because, no. as previously mentioned, bacon. But uh, Harvey, really, man. And oh. I- I've had a chilli dog, and I-, I couldn't have three of them. No, I, I struggle to have after one, and my stomach's going, hmm, maybe, maybe one is your max, especially <laughs> first thing in the morning. Jesus, yeah. I bet his coach told him to do it. Oh, God. As we've yeah. said before, a feeder. But we meet a bigger feeder in this episode. Oh, we do, you do. Harvey heads into the kitchen and he grabs the bag of magic jelly beans that he mistakes for regular jelly beans because they were left on the side. And after a very slow and dramatic, don't eat those, he eats them and he gets sucked off to the top of the beanstalk. Way! So there we go. Uh, Chris, you were flabbergasted that this is how you end up on top of a uh, beanstalk. Yeah, man. It's uh, literally so. Not only do the jelly beans create a beanstalk, but if you apparently if you shake them, shake the beans, you're meant to become more energized. But if you eat, consume them, you get transported to the top of the beanstalk. So my question is, what if you ate them before the beanstalk was erect? Where do you go? <laughs> yeah, where where, where, <laughs> where would where you the, go? Where'd you go? Um, in the bin. <laughs> he would have just been stood in the bin. Um, <clears throat> just compacted into a bin with legs sticking out. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, that is interesting. Sabina shouts up to Salem to ask if he's seen Harvey, but he hasn't because he was too busy looking for that sandwich he asked for. Yeah. It turns out that Harvey is at the top of the beanstalk, so to keep an eye on him, Zelda pulls down a periscope, one that she's never come across. I love this, the whole, yeah. yeah. We've got a periscope in here? Yeah. You mean you never noticed? Yeah. Sabine, you've been here two years and you've never noticed we've got a periscope. <laughs> it's, it's just that moment of, we need it. We we need a periscope. How are we going to get a periscope? Oh, I know. It's always been there. Always in there. You've not noticed, you idiot. And what, in, in a non-beanstalk-related scenario, i.e. the scenario we've been in in every episode up until this one, what would, <laughs> yeah. you, what would you need a periscope for? Oh, I can tell you. In a house. Uh, um, if a rogue flying vacuum. Okay, maybe. Yeah, see, yeah. see on- oncoming vacuums. Oncoming vacuums uh, could be used. Sort of like the to... neighbourhood witch. <laughs> <laughs> There's our groan sound effect of, of, of the week. Um, yeah, maybe. No, that's a good shout. Uh, <laughs> so they pull down this giant periscope and uh, Zelda goes to have a look as she can see signs of Harvey it just so happens that he's stumbled upon not a giant something far worse a wicked witch who feasts on mortals Ooh. Sabrina wants to climb up but Hilda says to calm down because the witch will fatten him up first so they've got plenty of time so she and Zelda head to the YMCA which isn't the gym but the yikes magic crisis agency they head there and join the queue where they meet a woman whose 52-year-old son was born in the queue. And she's only at the back, which is, which is devastating it's for her. Terrifying. Uh, this whole sort of, uh, this YMCA um, uh, scenes, they are not a parody of the YMCA, but of the um, DMV, seemingly. Yes. Uh, DMV in America is the Department of, of Motor Vehicles. And seemingly every American sitcom, even one based on witches, at some point has a pop at how long you have to wait at this place and how many forms you have to fill out. Mm. But um, yeah, maybe people have been in DMV lines for 50 years. I don't know. Yeah. Something is interesting, though. Uh, when they glimpse the, the witch, um, Sabrina says, uh, well, how could she be evil? She's so pretty. 
So apparently, Sabrina thinks good-looking people cannot ever do anything bad. That's very true. Have you seen how hot Stalin was when he was young? <laughs> and Hilda says, like, oh, wow, she's had a, she's had a lot of work yeah, done. Yeah, she does, yeah. So is she, has she gone under the knife or just under the finger? What do you think? Which is to... I, I think she had a, a face taken off. <laughs> yeah. Madame Epidermis, you know, scrubbed away, got rid of all, you know, the warts and everything, and now, now, she, now she's beautiful. I mean, don't say warts. That's, that's stereotyped. Oh, it, it is um, actually, yeah. Oh, um, what, what, what do we say then? Um... um Skin facial discrepancies, facial discrepancies, blemishes, (laughs) blemishes. That's a better way of saying it. Facial discrepancies. So what I like is when they use like obviously like uh, puns and stuff. Yeah, an acronym. Obviously this YMCA. So not only they've done it like to mistake and thinking that they're going to a gym, but I just love the word that yikes, magic crisis agency. (laughs) Yikes is just a great word. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's the most creative one uh, that they've done so far and I think it's very funny. So uh, yeah, we will uh, join the course of the episode now. We'll flip back between Sabrina trying to rescue Harvey and uh, Hilda and Zelda battling in the yikes, magic crisis agency. At the top of the beanstalk and Harvey has become acquainted with the wicked woman of the house, she says, who asks him if he remembers anything and he just thinks he died eating those jelly beans. Well, you would, wouldn't you? (laughs) What other fucking explanation is there? You're on a cloud. Um, (laughs) The house is on the cloud. (laughs) And an attractive woman at the top. Attractive woman at the door. Feeding you. House is made of gingerbread. (laughs) You come in and there's great food. You're like, yeah, I could buy this being what what, what, um, the afterlife... Uh, is yeah, um, the the lady, um, this Carol Vorderman lookalike. Um, <laughs> who's she? What's her background? Do you know oh, I, I, I didn't we, look. we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> I didn't look. No. All right. Well, um, go on. Yeah. Can yeah. I look? Here we go. Uh, Shelley Long. Oh, it's her. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's like the main character in like the first few seasons of Cheers and then she leaves. Okay. Oh, y- yeah. Here we go. Yeah, she's in yeah. yeah, she was Diane in Cheers. That's, that's, Diane that's in Cheers. Shelley Long was born at 7.15am on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> that's the opening of a bio. <laughs> that, is, that is brilliant. That is thorough. <laughs> Aside from that, what, what's her what's her main sort of role that you found? Diane in Cheers. Yes, she was Diane. Diane in Cheers. I mean, I've never watched Cheers. It's something I've been meaning to watch. Yeah, for, the um, for a while. Diane's the main character in like the the early seasons. Uh, mm. She comes to work in um, in Sam uh, Ted Danson's uh, bar, uh, having been left, I think, by her fiance. I right. Like, that's that's, like, that's how that's how the first episode sort of plays out. So yeah, um, yeah. So a, a veteran comic actress, and I thought I thought she was very. Uh, very good here. Very yeah, she was very uh, good. And a very thorough biography on <laughs> oh, IMDb. Yeah. Uh, Shelley Lee Long was born at 7.15am on Tuesday, August 23rd, 1949, in India Village, Fort Wayne, Indiana, USA. The only child of Evadine Williams, a school teacher, and Leland Long, a teacher who had previously worked in the rubber industry. Shelley attended school... (laughs) Shelley attended school at Kekinonga Junior High for grades 6 to 9 
and at Southside High School for grades 10 to 12. She enrolled at Northwestern University in 19... It fucking goes on, mate. Wow. The only person who could have written this is Shelley Long. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. but, but thanks to her, we now know, yeah. uh, we now know uh, that her parents and at uh, what time, most importantly, when she was born. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, she won an, en- uh, an Emmy for, for Cheers uh, for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series in 1983. Um, but yeah, uh, won awards. She's she, she seems like she's had one hell of a career. She's done alright and is now a recurring role on Modern Family. Excellent. Yeah, okay. she's, yeah she's quite a sort of a TV institution. Probably should have recognised, really. I thought she looked vaguely familiar, but all I could think was how much she looked like Carol Gordon. <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes that's all you can think about. Yeah. Uh, and finally, to conclude, Shelley herself never remarried after her two divorces, but continues to work in television. Excellent. But seriously, if you've got, I don't know, an hour, uh, read her mini-biography. Mini-biography. Mini <laughs> mini, no, that's what it's called, a mini-biography on IMDb. Yes, and um, thanks, thanks, thanks to Shelley for for writing it herself and Which allowing us to. Would make it a mini autobiography. Yeah. Ah. Except she doesn't write it first person. So no, that, that's true. <laughs> but no, yeah. So that is uh, Shelley Long, who is playing our wicked witch. Sorry, wicked woman of the house. Um, so going back to Harvey, yeah, he he thinks he's died, and he says like, I had so much to do, so much to give. I was going to mow the lawn. And that's all yeah. he can think about. Even in the afterlife, he's thinking about getting beaten. Other than in the 60s, when he's dreaming of uh, taking his woman around the uh, country in a camper van. Um, yeah, Harvey seems to only be able to think like one event ahead of where he is at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bloke. And his vague, unrealistic ambition of becoming a dentist, of course. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. So and that. I'd just like to point out, that is exactly all teenagers. They can only ever think about one event ahead the most the, like the, the nearest sort of yeah. oncoming yeah, events here but yeah no he's died but he seems to accept it because he's getting fed so uh, he's all right the wicked witch leads him not to sort of a stairway to heaven but more like a way station to heaven where he is ranked as alarmingly svelte mm. well yeah it's a it's a way station and she weighs him Ah, ah. Ah. So not weighing morally, but no weighing sort of physically, uh, and yeah, so he must get fat because she tells him that God doesn't trust skinny people or the French. Yes, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, fucking the, the south fucking of France, eh? Well, yeah, they weren't prejudiced against specifically the south, just all of France. Yeah, but yeah there's a lot of lot of uh, sort of French hate, uh, le hate in uh, in this <laughs> in this show. Mate, well, it's le detest, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Clearly. But just the hate is funny. Uh, Sabrina's patience runs out, so she decides to climb up the beanstalk herself. With help from Salem, who, despite his fear of heights, will accompany her and protect her. She gets to the top and says that a plane almost hit the beanstalk. Yeah, good job that pilot knew how to swerve, she says. Fucking hell. Also, um, shout out to Salem's uh, real cat, uh, Double. Yeah, because uh, that kitty, he or she, uh, gets a heck of a workout in this episode. Oh god! I don't know what the obviously the it's the same like bit of like beanstalk that they've made, and they just have the cat climb it over and over again, not actually climbing like several feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, a lot of climbing. I don't know how they got the cat to climb. What they put at the top? Yeah. Um, to to make him or her um, catnip. Yeah, it must have been. Because um, later on in another scene where we just see him still climbing up, the cat grabs it and almost falls because he swings, doesn't he? Yeah, like, I hope it wasn't very high off the ground because, uh, yeah, um, quite quite the workout for the kitty in this episode. I tell you what, that is one hell of a stunt cat. Yes, yes. That's what it is. It's, it, 
It's not an actor, it's a stunt cat, man. Yeah. It's and it proper on. Definitely earns cat. its, well its paycheck anyway. Yeah. Definitely Better than its... Tom Cruise. Yes. Uh, her plan to gain entrance to the house is to pretend that she's from the Confectionery Construction Company, a trader who specialises in gingerbread housing. And as the smell attracts children, the witch lets her in. Also, um, smart moves, Abs. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, she transforms herself um, into wearing a full suit. She does. Completely tie. Yes. So after showing her a tasty arrangement of samples, including uh, erecting a sort of a gingerbread wall to the side of a house, she heads to the kitchen to rescue Harvey, who is once again massive and thinks that Sabrina too died from eating a bad bean. Again, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would like, what are you doing here? What? You died as well. Yeah, what other thing would you think? It's like, oh, oh wow, those uh, those jelly beans were actually LSD. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Sabrina tries to drag him away, but he's enjoying the Wicked Witch's food too much. Then he spots her dinner schedule. Monday, Hansel. <laughs> Tuesday, Gretel. Wednesday, Harvey. Let's get out of here. And, the, the, uh, yeah. This is, this is my gripe, right? Okay. 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 Everyone knows... You know, grim fairy tales, Hansel and Gretel, they escape the Wicked Witch by uh, by slamming her in the oven and cooking her, mm-hmm. right? Harvey's in the house. Where the fuck are Hansel and Gretel? Mm. Mm. And Did if they get away? And if it's Wednesday, then over the last two days, Hansel and Gretel have been in that house. May- or maybe she's like Hannibal, where he sort of butchers and cuts, cooks, sorry, the uh, sort of his, his uh, victim's... Uh, sort of far in advance, so then he can go. Okay, mm, on on this day, I will have this person. So maybe maybe like Hansel and Gretel have already been were caught and butchered and cooked, and she's defrosting them to the side because we don't see all of the all of the mm, kitchens. So maybe true. they are defrosting on the uh, the kitchen well, side. Well, if they're fucking defrosting, half he should have noticed a little bit sooner. Does that smell like gradually melting flesh? <laughs> Does that smell like a Viking? <laughs> I'm just saying, right? What the fuck happened to Hansel and Grell, man? Yeah. I'm worried about those two. Yeah, me too. And they're lederhosen. And if, if they were prisoner elsewhere in the house and Sabrina and Harvey didn't save them. Yeah. Because mm. they, they're both aware that, that Monday Hansel, Tuesday Gretel... Yeah, and they just looked at that and were like, uh, uh, fuck oh, like, who the fuck are they? Never mind. <laughs> Let's get Harvey out of here. Uh, they try to escape, but their plan is scuppered when the witch smells Sabrina's mortal side and traps them in the house. Meanwhile, Salem, real cat Salem that is again, is very slowly making his way up to the beanstalk, sort of coaching himself to climb up. And um, saying that he needs to stop melting cheese and <laughs> drinking it as a beverage. <laughs> We need to stop melting cheese and watching it in the microwave, don't we, Greg? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, 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 if you need to kill uh, 20 seconds, then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need to kill a bit of time. Get a, a little, get a little derrily triangle and a friend's microwave, because you don't want to do it on your own. Oh, yeah. heavens no. Put it on the yeah. plate and just, just watch it melt for a little bit. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> and don't clean it up. Don't clean it up. Wait till the cheese is congealed. <laughs> Gong story. Um, <laughs> it was a former life. Uh, then my favourite uh, line from the witch goes, Eat up, kids. I can only see one chin. Made me laugh. Uh, the Wicked Witch says as she sprinkles some fatten up sprinkles on all of their food. Again, the second magical use for sprinkles. Yes. Are sprinkles a, a magical item then, I guess? Are we taking their beautiful colours and lack of taste for granted? Are you trying to say that hundreds and thousands are magical? Yes, or they they hold the ability to well they have the ability to hold or to, to be possessed by magic. I think they yeah they must 
Because sprinkles can be applied to a lot of different uh, food items, I guess they're a good, a good way to, um, you know, um, inject whatever magic you want to be injected into into a foodstuff surreptitiously, so the people eating don't know what's going on. Yeah. Which would also explain why hundreds and thousands of sprinkles are so Moorish. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Give us some sprinkles. A few more of those, please. But what magic are they casting upon us? Hmm... The magic yeah. of a childhood. <laughs> the Wicked Witch goes into the kitchen and Sabrina and Harvey try to escape. However, the high altitude has weakened Sabrina's powers, so she can't pick the lock. So she and Harvey try to eat their way out through the gingerbread wall. The Wicked Witch, however, catches them and puts them in a steaming pot. And you particularly liked Harvey, or Nate Richard, sorry, trying to convincingly look a bit fatter than he is. Yeah, she says she can only see one chin. Um, he is wearing a, a paunch, a fake uh, belly, much like Hilda did when she was sunny. Yeah, um, yeah. Possibly the same fake belly, who knows? Maybe. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, if you were putting on weight and you weren't just like pregnant or something, then uh, you know that weight would... Um, concentrate itself throughout your body and not just on your stomach. So, uh, yeah, old, uh, old Nate, old, you know, who is, you know, svelte, as, uh, yes. as I said earlier. Alarmingly. Um, alarmingly svelte. He um, spends most of uh, these scenes uh, with his, his chin tucked into his uh, into his chest as much as possible, so there's the maximum level of... Um, you chinage. Know. Yeah, chinage. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it, I think it's very cute. I think it's very, very funny. Uh, it is very, very funny, but another gripe here, right? Gingerbread walls... I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of the consistency of gingerbread, but you could fucking punch your way through that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. See ya. Oh, bye. <laughs> plus, plus, how can you eat something that's flat? Like, you can't really yeah, get your to, mouth on it. You'd have to you? pick it off and eat it. <laughs> I mean, gingerbread, it's not... It's, it's, it, it, the, fucking punch it! Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina might be all well and good with her magic, but she's a bit fucking silly, isn't she? They're going, she, at, going at it like... Um, like the lickable wallpaper in Willy Wonka, aren't they? Like, mm, mm. Um, quick, quick, lick it as quick as you can. We'll, we'll degrade it slowly. Uh, uh. They would have been going at that for hours. That would never have worked. <laughs> okay, next time, throw Harvey through it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, would it have been devastating? Because it was just a sample. When It wasn't confirmed whether the part of the Wicked Witch's wall was fully replaced or it was just... Added on. Oh, you cladding. cladding. Yeah. 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 So, what if they spent ages, you know, in <laughs> immense amount of pain eating this gingerbread drywall? <laughs> there was a wall behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, now I've got really bad indigestion. I've got the runs, and I'm going to be eaten. Oh man! But yeah, that that, that would that would be a devastating blow wouldn't it, <laughs> it would have been hilarious <laughs> uh, anyway we cut back to yikes magic crisis agency to see Hilda and Zelda finally get to the front of the queue it's the wrong queue at that though because that was for people who have family members encased in stone you need window C the clerk says no window C told us to come here well then you need window E that's for people window C incorrectly told to go to window B Hilda is not happy no uh Bureaucracy, um, you know, skewered there by Carrie Honigbloom and Renee Phillips. Also, um, earlier on in another of the YMCA um, scenes, uh, we see a guy uh, running away, covered in red tape. Don't yes. we? Covered in red tape, and uh, yeah, uh, Hilda says, "Hopefully, we don't get tied up in all that red tape." Yeah. Of course, um, you know, we, we can't really relate to that because we've taken back control, and we're not going to be tied up in that red tape anymore, oh, are no, we? No, 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 can't afford it. Um, <laughs> 
back at the Wicked Witch Mortal Buffet and she's run out of mushrooms. So Sabrina convinces her that she'll taste awful without it. So she puts off eating them until tomorrow. But Mate, that won't you... stop her from locking them in the pot. Mate, did you just say buffet? Yeah. Where are the volvots? <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they're locked in this pot and uh, you know they can't escape. I mean, what, if you were in that position, I don't know about you guys, but my first thought would, I'd try and shit myself. Because who wants, who wants a broth? With a with, shit with a in shit it. in it. Also, yeah, who wants to sit in a broth of their own shit? <laughs> yeah, which oh, you would have yeah. to do for a long, long time. But you would have to do it, but it it would it would put it would certainly put me off eating someone also, if 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 they defecated in it. Also, no one's urinated yet while well, they've been there. Mm, yeah. yeah. So and if you're sitting in lots of water, or you know, running water or, and things that. Or maybe maybe that's what the wicked witch is counting on because she likes the nutty flavour. Or maybe that's the gravy she wants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, she is wicked. You know, she yeah. could also be disgusting and yeah. sick, yeah. couldn't she? Yeah. Well, she she already eats people, Phil. She's okay. okay yeah. yeah. And sick. Um, <laughs> Harvey says that they're starting to smell good, so they're fucking getting boiled. They're cooking. <laughs> they are cooking alive. And they're quite blasé about it. <laughs> yeah, we're starting to smell good, which means their flesh is bubbling. <laughs> Fuck me. And it's delicious. That's all, they're their only thought on the matter, that it's delicious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Harvey would smell like, uh, uh, taste like, because he does say that uh, undercooked kinkle can be quite gristly. Yes. So maybe he knows. Maybe, yeah, God, maybe Harvey's uh, family life is even darker than we thought. Yeah. Fights, biting each other, mm, maybe. Maybe maybe cousin Joey didn't make the football team and that was the end of him. <laughs> yeah. He was Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, oh, good grief. God, fucking stuff with an apple in his mouth on the King yep. dinner table. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Mm. You know, man. But yeah, they're getting boiled alive and like I say, yeah, they're quite fine with it, which is disturbing. But it calls for action, so Sabrina uses the sleeping witch's finger to unlock the door and zap them out of the pot. And their plan was almost flawless, but Harvey, being the clumsy jack that he is, slams the door behind him and wakes her up to begin a chase. I don't like fast food, she says. <laughs> Way. Quick question, right? How the fuck did Sabrina use another witch's finger to do spells? Yeah, we learned we learned this in this episode that your your finger, your magic finger, can be used against your will. The um, padlock thing that she puts on yeah. the door, it can be can only be um, unlocked by her finger only. I guess yeah, that's sort of like yeah. a condition of the spell. So Sabrina hijacks her finger, points it at the door, and I don't know how because we don't know the rule of magic, so it's either or really but um yeah it turns out that that's the thing that can happen yeah maybe maybe, maybe maybe yeah she can only use the witch's magic against stuff that the witch has done she couldn't yeah. just zap someone else's finger and make anything happen well I think she probably could but she doesn't need to yeah the difference is the traps that the witch has created can only be undone by her so she needs her finger to do that yeah but also chaps i'm taking you back to day one here episode one nail varnish is the protection so that what is. what if a witch with nail varnish on can't have their finger used without by someone else. But the wicked witch didn't have nail varnish on, therefore, boom, safety was yeah. off, and it could be used against her will if just just yeah. like a real weapon. Yeah, there, yeah. You, go. there you go, Diane. You should have worn nail varnish. <laughs> yeah, Diane, silly. <laughs> they engage in a comedy chase scene where Harvey looks close to exploding. They're kind of moving around, and he looks like he's really struggling. Of course putting his, his face into his neck and he's, yeah he's, he's desperate to look as fat as possible whilst running <laughs> yeah, which, is, which is hard to do when you're not actually fat yeah but in fairness he does a 
he does a decent job of it. He does. He does. He, a very, he does a very funny job of it. Yeah, yeah. and, and he, he almost he thinks he's going to do a good job at sort of diffusing the witch because he says, "I know how I can stop her." And Harvey says, as he throws a bucket of water over, "She's not melting." Get real, Harvey. This isn't a fantasy, Sabrina says. Mate, that's sound logic. It you know, is. From Harvey's perspective and my perspective, if there was a pail of water, I would have thrown it on them. He's done his, um, he's done his witch's sort of uh, homework. He yeah. knows his stuff and he just thinks it will work. Yeah, but... but what a world. But apparently, not this world. No. So, uh, no, he says she's just angry and a bit damp now. <laughs> so Sabrina throws Harvey into the Wicked Witch and she makes enough room for the both of them to start climbing down. I'm sorry, there was a boing. <laughs> there was a boing. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets buffeted out of the way uh, just as Salem makes it to the top and uh, suddenly obviously has to go all the way down. You two are dead meat, the Wicked Witch shouts. Back off, lady, Salem says. It's the 90s. Nobody eats mortal anymore. Not eating mortals. Is this, this week's That's So 90s? As, as, as we know, you know, all, all throughout all throughout the, the, the years, obviously, the, 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 there have been a lot of them. I mean, you know, um, you know, like 1900, 1901, all the way through to 1989, people were just eating each other left, right and centre, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, then, mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I obviously, we, we were born in the 1990s, so we were... Um, sort of means this, but the stories that my mum and dad have heard about witches just eating mortals and stuff—it was—it was a pandemic ar- around the world, and, and it's glad that you know as soon as it hit 1990 that uh, the the bill was was written up, and it was you know it was um, it was I mean, banned. I, I tell you what, the history books really know how to censor themselves. Yeah, and you know, finally in 1990, it took a brave man, John Major, cheers, pal, to say enough of this shit. <laughs> so um, yeah, witches must stop eating us because. Oh, sorry, that was. A bit too energetic. Witches must stop eating mortals. Yeah, and and so it came to pass. On uh, it was the uh, it was part of the brilliant Wednesday agreement um, that witches would no longer consume mortals. Yes, yeah, yeah the uh, the nineteen ninety Wednesday agreement. Yeah, and so and so we can all. It was seven fifteen a.m. on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> they, so, yeah, br- the, it was the brilliant Wednesday agreement. Just remember yeah, that, guys. The brilliant, brilliant Wednesday, Wednesday agreement. agreement. You know, people talk about Black Wednesday with John Major. They should be talking about Brilliant Wednesday. Yeah, when he made sure that we can sleep easy at night, knowing no witches are going to eat us. Yeah, thanks, John. And and, and I like it how you know, even though this bill had been passed, you know, uh, seven years ago by this point. Yeah, uh, so eight years ago by this point, it was nice that. Well, yeah, it was duplicated. It still, felt, it still felt a bit relevant, though, so it was nice for topical gags about that. Yeah, it was, it was duplicated throughout the world, though. Obviously, you know, we led the way on it, we yeah. in Britain, but then, you know, obviously there was a similar agreement that Clinton fixed up in America and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah and it was uh, it was Russia who was the last country to uh, to come to sign the agreement. It took them an extra two two years to... Uh, well, yeah, it, well it, yeah. it was still ongoing underground until well, it, late last it, it year. Was ju- yeah. It was during the whole... Um, Unfortunate um, transfer from the USSR to to Russia, yeah, the Soviet Union. And and, and th- these days, every country on Earth has outlawed the eating of um, of mortals by witches, apart from Burundi. Get with it, guys! Come on, <laughs> come on, get with the times. Twenty eighteen. Fuck's sake, Burundi. <laughs> So there we go. After the threat of being her dessert, Salem throws himself off the top of the beanstalk. Does he cry while he's falling? He cries falling? as he's falling. He's, <laughs> and I'm glad it wasn't a real cat just falling. That yeah. would have been disturbing. Uh, back at the Yikes Magical Crisis Agency, and Hilda and Zelda finally get to the front of the queue. And it turns out all they needed was a bloody tree trimmer. 
But midway up the beanstalk, and Harvey has sweated off all of his fat, which naturally is mixing with the town's fog and sort of humidity. So surely does all of Westbridge smell by this point? Smell of fat Harvey? I do, yeah. (laughs) Smell of gristly kinkle? Yeah, and anyone who's outside and the breathing in, the breathing in Harvey's sweat, yeah. I'll buy that. As punishment, uh, Sabrina gives the Wicked Witch a fate worse than death. She turns her into a vegetarian. Mate, she she locks the door and gives her a bowl of salad. She doesn't turn her into a vegetarian. She just provides her with vegetables. <laughs> she provides her with a substantial salad. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing stopping her from going back to eating mortals. And, and as we said before, Hansel and Gretel might still be there, you know, defrosting. Because so. he didn't... Yeah. And also, I mean, if no mortals come by, then she's going to be stuck eating salad anyway, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, or how many... Non, mo- non, Non-mortal-based products. Yeah. Oh, maybe you can get mortal in a can. Maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe you can t- takeaway. Maybe there's yeah. some takeaway shacks. Maybe you can get. Maybe you can get spam. Specially processed American mortals. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, lad. Yes. Hilda and Zelda rush back with a hunky tree trimmer man who gets out his shiny magical axe. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It wasn't shiny. It was glittery. Oh, so you know, yeah, and it, it was bedazzled, bejeweled, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very glamorous. He's, he swings it back and goes timber. And the beanstalk vanishes, Goes. just like that. <laughs> just which I very much enjoyed. I thought it was very, very funny. Yeah, you, we, I very much enjoyed it. But then I just realised it was like, why couldn't they just fucking do it? Or did <laughs> they need to hold a bejeweled axe while yelling timber? Yeah, mm. I guess so. Yeah. I uh, what, what, why why I... doesn't Hilda already have a bejeweled axe in her dungeon? It's very true. Well, it's covered in bloodstains. Maybe it's the it needs uh, to be clean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would have liked David Hasselhoff to just go to the beanstalk and go. Ah! <laughs> and just see and set it on fire. When the beanstalk vanishes, is the bin there? Oh, I don't know. We don't see it, do we? So they may need to buy a new bin. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so regardless, yeah, a new bin needs to be bought. Uh, Harvey faints, naturally, and Serena uses that opportunity to slip on Zelda's X-ray helmet, which he earlier mistook for a VR headset, so he thinks it was all a game. Even though uh, graphics weren't very good, as he says. Well... 1998, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, VR yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he uh, they are about to start doing on their work because they think they've got a good idea. Because didn't they come up with? Oh, they were climbing down the beanstalk and yes. they said Westbridge could really do with a monorail. Monorail, 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 monorail. I've sold monorails to Brockway, Westbridge, and North Haverbrook. Can I go and put them on the map? <laughs> What's it called? But that's the end of episode 16, Sabrina and the Beanstalk. Uh, yeah, a good, good amount of laughs in that. Really enjoyed it. Not on the same calibre as the uh, just the past few episodes, but I think all round quite a good episode anyway. Uh, Graham, what did you think of it? Uh, when I heard that we were going back to these things, when I, thought, when I heard it was something like basically retelling a fairy tale, we've seen them basically do the Crucible in an episode called <laughs> The Crucible, and it wasn't good. Yeah. So um, I thought, so if we're literally just going to do Jack and the Beanstalk, but Sabrina is Jack, then... Oh. May as well just go and watch the fucking pantomime of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, So I didn't have high hopes, I'll be honest. I moved the, I, my enjoyment of it was heightened by the fact that I was kind of expecting, oh, here we go again with the wacky shit. 
but I did enjoy it. I thought that they took the fairy tale elements. Blending the two together was a good idea. I think mm. there's much more that could be done with obviously a witch character uh, from a fairy tale and incorporating that in than if they did have a giant. Um, although if it was a giant raccoon, definitely would oh, have been yeah. a vast yeah. improvement. Um, so, and they, they managed to, I think Sabrina and Harvey sort of, uh, not affection for each other, but sort of, you know, their sort of friendship and their sort of, the fact that Sabrina procrastinates about everything, mm-hmm. but then when Harvey's in trouble, some she's that's up, that it, she's straight up, yeah. yeah. So they did actually have some human elements and sort of the interpersonal relationships did did work out. And I thought the, the DMV stuff, it's been done and done and done, but I still thought it was quite funny. Yes, applying, I, I think it was that to yeah. a, ma- a magical um, concept. I like fairy tales. I'm not going to lie to you, but I like the original fairy tales where people died. <laughs> yes, yeah, the, the real yeah, original the, ones. The, yeah. the real ones where, you know, the little mermaid um, had a tongue torn out. Yeah, her she? tongue was torn out so she couldn't speak and then every step that she took it felt like a thousand shards of glass were piercing her feet and then eventually she dies and turns into sea foam. That, that's a fairy tale <laughs> to me. But anyway, uh, fairy tales aside, and I do enjoy my real Real fairy tales, not your Disney shit. Yeah, real fairy tales, guys. <laughs> real. Um, uh, it was it was a solid episode. We'll see if the claim of solid episode matches up with Chris's scoring, because he is our rank master. Each episode, he tells us what he believes the episode uh, should be ranked as. I mean, Graham, agree, disagree, or fight, or argue. Chris, episode 16, Screen of the Beanstalk, what do you think? I'm going to have to give it 5.5 Sneezing Piggly Wigglies. Sneezing Piggly Wigglies, okay. Graham, I'd give it a 6. Yeah. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you, Graham. I'm going to go 6.5. Boys, would you like to know what episode 17 is called? I fear you will tell us nonetheless. Episode 17 is called The Equalizer. Oh, for heaven's sake. So, uh, I'm going to assume I'm going to... Sorry, Graham, I'm just diving straight in. Again, I'm getting really frustrated with the na- the title of the episode being so specific. The Equalizer, if I'm not mistaken, is a TV program uh-huh. from I want to say the 70s and 80s. I think so, 70s maybe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and they recently made a movie with Denzel Washington in it, where I I, I don't know how relevant, how accurate that is to the original TV series, but it's all about um, I think it's all about like a a normal guy who actually turns out to be a specially trained agent and he just goes and fucking murders and saves people and mm-hmm. shit. Could make a good Sabrina so, uh, <laughs> If that is the case and we get instant peril, I'm all for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I reckon that I don't think it is really related to that show. I think it's possibly there's some sort of magical device which makes witches and mortals equal, either makes all witches mortal or gives all mortals witching powers. I know we've kind of been there before, mm-hmm. but I, I think there's some sort of spell that's called the Equalizer, and that's where the title okay, comes from. Sabrina learns that her magic can sometimes come at a literal price, and her heart ends up belonging to a particularly persistent and vengeful troll. Oh! Hey! Roland's back, back, boys! Baby. Roland's back. Uh, in his new job, he is an Equalizer. Oh, I see. So we learn about what the... So obviously he was a finder, so that's a, a department that uh, sort of trolls can work as, and he's also now working as an equaliser, and we'll learn exactly what the ro- uh, job of an equaliser is. 
Well, I'm excited to uh, seeing our favourite dead Ewok again. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, 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 for Phil that's, Darko, yeah. yeah. That's great news. So that is episode 17. That is for next week, entitled The Equaliser. As for this one, thank you very much from me, Phil Dean, for listening to this one. I'd like to thank my comrades in front of me. First of all, because I introduced you first, so I will uh, say thank you to you second. Uh, Graham, thank you very much, mate. <laughs> You're welcome, Phil. And I'd like to thank Chris Evans as well. Uh, thank you, Phil. Thank you, Graham. I've, uh, I've enjoyed myself. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.